All right, welcome to episode eight of the M Squared podcast. In this podcast, where Matt and I discuss kind of running your own business, sports, pop culture, and pretty much anything else that comes to our mind. And uh, this week, we're going to talk a little bit about Netflix. Streaming has kind of been kind of a, uh, a uh, running topic with us. And uh, what what's different in a pandemic? Like it seems like you know the pandemic seems to come up every week. How can it not? So I am Mike Loveday. I'm here with Matt Noonan. Matt, how you doing? I'm good. You know, it's it's hot outside. It's too hot, Mike. It's too hot right now. We, when, we, when is it snowing? When does it when does it when does it snow again? No thanks. I'm, I grew up in North Carolina. I'm used <laughs> to like 100 degrees in the in the summer. Like I I hate the winter with a passion, which is you know unfortunately I live in Chicago, so because <laughs> the winter is pretty much seems like nine tenths of the year at this point in time. Um, it's funny, my wife, like whenever it was cold, she just was like, and of course it was cold when the pandemic was starting and I think we got some snow at one point and she was kept telling me, she's like, I can't wait till it gets warm and we can go out and now it's warm. She's like, it's just so hot. You can't do anything. <laughs> just like, right. No, it's, that's the weather in it's, Chicago. Yeah, it's, too, it's, well, it's the same thing here in Boston. I mean, what do you want to do? I mean, you're, you really can't do anything other than stay indoors. So yeah. at the end of the day, it's almost thinking, hey, you know, just stay indoors and I guess just watch the uh, Yankees playing the Nationals tonight. We're recording here on Thursday, the 23rd. So, And then tomorrow night, my beloved Boston Red Sox take on your Baltimore Orioles. So I'm not going to lie, Mike. I'm actually looking forward to watching baseball. <laughs> I watched uh, probably about a good 30 minutes of exhibition baseball the past two nights. Oh not going God. to lie. That's 30 minutes more than I've watched in the last decade. <laughs> 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 exhibition baseball oh, right, because the red sox actually have won world series when was the last time the orioles won something that was important uh we we discussed my my uh thoughts on the orioles and i haven't paid attention since mike mucina was a picture pitcher so ah, I, i'm gonna continue to uh hold my hold out on that team but we are okay. not here to talk right. about the uh the baseball returning at least not this week but rather instead like another indoor activity uh netflix and chill <laughs> so uh you know we're kind of have talked about streaming in general just because it was one of those things like obviously in in the current state of affairs like everybody seems to be turning to to streaming um my brother who lives in maryland keeps texting me like literally like once or twice a week will text me of another show uh that he's watched and most of the time it's a netflix show like it's either that or disney plus but more and more it's becoming netflix i think like the old guard um was the show he texted me about this week, which is new, I guess, is it Charlie's Theron movie uh, that they released, and then a show called Cursed, which I guess is a new take on King Arthur and Knights of the Round Table. And I guess yes, it just... Actually, I got the, got the email about that. I'm excited to check that out. Yeah, I got the email too, and then I got I got the trailer before I was watching a YouTube video, and I'm like, oh, that actually looks you know interesting, because you know, I've seen my share of like King Arthur movies at this point, and it's like, oh, this again. But like the trailer made it look interesting. But it just kind of got me thinking. And then the other day, I think it was yesterday, I was listening to a podcast, and I guess uh, Netflix is trying to ink like Ryan Gosling to a series. I guess it was based on a series of books called The Gray Man, which I guess people are likening to uh, James Bond. They basically want Ryan Gosling to be the Netflix version of uh, James Bond, where it'd be a series of movies, kind of like that, or maybe Jason Bourne, depending on how your your spy thrillers and what you prefer. Um, but it just kind of got me thinking, like, is can anyone really topple Netflix at this point? I mean, I know Disney Plus has been doing pretty well in the pandemic, but like, what are your thoughts on on Netflix? Are they just kind of 
have they been primed for something like this for people to be locked indoors and with nothing else to do but watch TV for entertainment? Well, let's 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 begin by saying the following, right? You and I are both in cities and states that you can go out, outside. Mm -hmm. We understand there are states across the country that are going in the river, going in the other direction. Yeah. California <clears throat> as an example. <laughs> Kentucky is another one as well. But I I I think in my mind I think we talked about this before on the podcast where when you kind of, and I've said this before to, to you, I've said this before to friends and colleagues and families, one of the tough things about human nature is when you start making changes, it really is hard to kind of go back to the old ways, mm -hmm. if you know what I mean. So my opinion is when you're, you know, kind of thinking, hey, like, you know, Netflix is just kind of just destroying the competition because oh, it seems like every week. There's new movies that they're making. There's new TV shows that are coming out. They're bringing out old TV shows. There's just uh, the library is is endless. Sometimes it's almost overwhelming, Mike, because I feel like you get on there and it's like, well, I want to watch that. I want to watch that. I want to see that. I, yeah. I, you know, I, I could have watched that. And it's almost too overwhelming sometimes. And that's the thing that I think in general with any streaming platform. But I think that Netflix has done really well because. I've enjoyed watching a couple different series they've done. I'm currently watching with uh, my wife, Liz. I'm currently watching Virgin River, which actually has been pretty interesting to watch. But there's been some good documentaries, some new movies that have come out, old movies to watch. You know, I, I don't mind saying this. I mean, you know, I'm a, I'm a Dr. Seuss guy, and I enjoy the Lorax. Now the Lorax is on, on Netflix. So mm. I think they were prepared for it. That's my opinion. I, I think they were prepared, and... I think they were pre prepared all along, whether we were going to go through a quote-unquote shelter-at-home lockdown or dealing with a pandemic. But I think they've got to get commended. I know they're, we were looking at their stocks, not saying we're, we do stock analysis. Yeah. Here. <laughs> we don't analyze stocks here. Yeah. On the, don't on don't take my advice yet. on stocks. I'm not in the markets. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, you know, we could do it. We could start, we could start doing, you know, try to rival snacks. But, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think... I think that at the end of the day, I think they were ready for it. That, that's my opinion. Yeah, I mean, I think, like, probably more so than maybe any of the other ones, because I know, like, I think uh, Peacock, the Xfinity NBC version of their streaming service, I think that launched this week, or maybe it was late last week. But, I mean, I think Netflix, like, they, I think they're very much like a few forward future company in the terms of yeah. what they think, because, I mean, it was five, six years ago probably even actually it must have been longer than that it's probably like seven years ago because i can't remember the first show but it was uh like a gangster movie that took place in like the netherlands or someplace something like that sure it was like one of their first originals and they had several originals and then they've just ramped it up over the years because i mean like friends is now i think that's on the x gonna be on the xfinity and like all the harry potter movies are on hbo and like a lot of the stuff is getting pulled from netflix because they're either owned by you know disney or Warner Brothers or NBC. And so a lot of those networks were pulling their content because they had planned on doing their own streaming service. They kind of saw the writing on the wall. But before they started doing that, Netflix was already really ramping up. I mean, they bought, um, I don't know how many people were familiar with Mark Millar, but he's a, a comic book artist. But he, he's the author of like Kick Ass, which they made two movies of. And he did uh, Wanted, uh, uh, James McAvoy. Uh, Angelina Jolie movie. He was the author of that original graphic novel. So they bought him um, to a deal, like, and they haven't pushed out any of his content to my knowledge yet. But like, I think they kind of saw the writing on the wall that if they're going to stick around, they need to do their own original content. And I mean, I think my one beef with with Netflix is they almost push out 
too much because it's hard to really keep track. Like I get the emails every now and then, but I see so much that when I log in that I'm like, I can't even really keep track of like what's new. Like they need like almost like the old school movie theater thing, like new releases. And I hate the scrolling feature. Like I hate, like I can't, I feel like I can't see enough. Like I just want like, I have a 47 inch screen and I can see like six titles at a time. Like I don't want to keep scrolling. Like just show me, you know, the top 20, like the most 20 most recent movies that you have or TV shows or whatever kind of, I'm in the mood to watch. Um, that's my one beef of, of Netflix is basically like finding some of the content. But, you know, I think some of that stuff like Stranger Things, it always ends up rising to the top because it becomes one of those things in, in culture people talk about. But not every movie is going to be like that. Like, you know, not everything. Like some things you just kind of like to find those those nuggets. And it used to be for me gonna date myself but i used to walk around a blockbuster or a local movie theater and i used to be like oh this looks like hey, an there's, interesting there's nothing cover wrong with dating yourself a blockbuster i mean <laughs> yeah. do, you remember, do you remember hollywood hollywood video was what it was or holly it was yeah hollywood video right was that i the, was a manager was of others. hollywood video when i worked and moved first moved to north carolina for a brief moment congratulations. before <laughs> yeah congratulations i got out before they all collapsed so you know <laughs> at least i saw the writing on the wall okay. um of course i did get into print journalism so you know but i got out of that before <laughs> they all collapsed too so uh maybe i shouldn't be in digital and i'm starting to think i'm leaving a wake of bodies in my in my stead yeah uh, your, your job is going to go, go to manage a uh you know a video store because that's what everyone's going to want to be doing once this pandemic officially comes to a, a kaputz but yeah. i there's not, there's nothing those are those are the, that's a podcast for another day we're, <laughs> we're living our we're living the going to pizza hut and then like going to like blockbuster after oh my god that brings back memories. But, yeah, so, I mean, I think Netflix was kind of ready. Like, you, you kind of look at it now and how much you have heard about the the app Quibi. It was that short – it may have been more in the news this past week because I think Kevin Hart had a show. I, I say show, but I guess it was meant like they really pushed it on during the Super Bowl and stuff like that. It was supposed to be like 10 minutes episodes, and I think, like, movies were supposed to be released in, like, 10-minute increments and all this stuff, and it was like the uh, – former CEO, I think of like Hulu and stuff like that. They'd kind of come up with it. And it was kind of one of those things like it was meant for people to really be viewed on your phone. So it was like kind of like bite size um, information. Well, it's, not- interesting. it's interesting you bring that up because I, I feel like we're both guys that create as we create content. This is obviously content that we're creating. Remember how there was such this push and there still is the push in a way to put everything on your phone, put everything yeah. on your tablet, making that as well. Do you still feel like that's necessary when you can watch Netflix on your phone? You can watch it on your laptop. I mean, I, I feel like any video these days can be viewed on any device that's got a that's basically streamed, that's got an internet connection. Is that fair to say? Yeah, I mean, and I think Quibi has not done well from all the reports that I'm reading. Um, and they're blaming it on the pandemic, the fact that people aren't commuting, so they're not like interested in watching this content on their phone in bite size because they have more time. But I'm like. I'm one of those people, like, if I really want to watch a movie, like, I really want to sit down in front of my TV and watch it. Now, like, whenever we, you know, back in the before times, whenever my wife and I used to fly places, I would load my iPad up with, like, movies or TV shows or stuff like that. And I would watch it on my iPad um, with my headphones on because, you know, it's like, all right. But I always was kind of cognizant of what I was watching, too. I'm like, there's some things, I'm like, mostly TV shows. I'm like, oh, you know, I watched The Umbrella Academy on flights back and forth from, from Florida over a period of time so like i was able to watch that entire series from netflix on my ipad Mm -hmm. but you know movies and stuff like that like i still like watching it at home like on the couch like i will carve out time unless it's a movie i don't think i'm really going to be that into but you know for the most part i'm like i don't really want to watch it like i don't really watch anything other than youtube videos on my phone like 
it's just too small. I'm like, like some things you're um, for me you need to be experienced on a larger screen. It's more entertaining on a larger screen. Like you know, it's with the with the sound and with the you know kind of more immersive experience than you know just kind of holding your phone up and in portrait mode and and whatnot. So that that's my take. Like I think Netflix is kind of prepared for more or less like the competition of streaming services. I just think they've benefited more because you look at Peacock and they have a couple things, HBO Max, like they have a couple originals, but Netflix has been around and they've been pumping out originals for so long. Like they already have this stuff and they've already been in the works. Right. I mean, Apple TV plus too. Like they have, I mean, they have the Greyhound ship movie with Tom Hanks that I'm looking forward to watching, but you know, I heard pretty good things about that one actually. Yeah. But I mean, it's also like, that comes out and then Netflix is like, Oh, we got the old guard. And they said like 72 million people or something like that watched it in the first couple of days. And they were like trying to equate that to movie ticket prices. It would have been a huge blockbuster in the movie theater. So I don't know. I mean, it seems like I said, like the movies that are good and people talk about, like they find their way to the top. It's more like the middle of the road movies that I'm, I'm kind of thinking about that, that might you know, are more difficult to find. Yeah, no, that's that's what makes Netflix. So I think Netflix. You know, at the end of the day, the streaming giants are all competing for getting movies that we love. You know, family movies, Harry Potter. We talked. You just mentioned. Yeah. You think about other movies that you grew up with, nostalgic feelings there. But I think at the end of the day, I think it's the thing that Netflix has just done is they've been able to pump out all this content it's it's like the equivalent of like you know spotify every single week here's your you know your curated music playlist of all the new songs that are coming out that are songs that you would listen to or songs yeah. you would like so it's just the equivalent of you know seeing the, these new things that are coming out and new and to me at the end of the day I, I i just think that netflix is just going to continue to position themselves for more and more success you know, Disney Plus, when it came out last year, you know, you had ESPN Plus, you have Peacock, you have HBO, you, you have a lot, you know, Amazon Prime, of course, as well. Yeah. So you do have a lot, a, a lot of options. And sometimes that's good. It's also bad. But sometimes I just think there is certain I mean, all, every single net, every single platform has it's, you know, is going to have its you know th th uh, fingerprints, I guess is the right way I'd say on their own type of content that they're creating. So but. I just it's it's hey it's it's a buyer you know it's a consumer's choice so yeah. you can you know lock it all 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 of them up but then I would say hey if you have cable plus like three or four of these streaming services do you want to do you really need to be paying for cable are you just having cable to kind of stay in touch of what's going on with the world do you can you do something I I don't know there, there's I, that's again another probably conversation for another day but yeah I I, I think it's. I think that going back to the whole Netflix thing, it's been great, but I also think that, hey, you know, there's a lot of other options that are out there, but I think Netflix has definitely led the way, and now the question is, who's the next, you know, is it going to be Hulu, Apple Apple TV, HBO, Peacock? Um, yeah. You know, where, where do these other ones try to reposition themselves? Because at the end of the day, we're, it's just like anything. You're trying to position, you're trying to grab eyeballs for yeah. for everyone so they can come to your product. Yeah, my kind of I guess final thought on this is like I like Netflix because they're kind of I guess almost challenging the norm a little bit more. Like they were, yeah. they like the Oscars basically instituted a rule that said like the movie has to be viewed or um, uh, at least 
put in theaters for at least a certain period of time to be considered for Oscar nomination. So Netflix bought a movie theater in like Los Angeles just so they could run their some of their movies like The Irishman and um, I can't remember the name of the uh, uh, Alfonso Cuaron movie that I think won an Oscar. Like they bought a movie theater just to show their movies for like a couple weeks and do their premiere just for Oscar nomination. Other than that, like they were all just going straight to Netflix. And I mean, that's that's a little bit of the old guard fighting the the upstart on the block. I mean, like, oh, you know, a real movie gets shown in theaters kind of thing. It's not like straight to straight to VHS kind of thing, <laughs> like yeah. to, to truly date yeah. myself. But I mean, I, I like that Netflix is doing because, I mean, the old guard, like I'm sure that cost them tens of millions of dollars to produce and make and it's like are they gonna see the numbers like or you can't equate it to be like oh this is a 300 million dollar box office movie it's a different metric but what interests me is they're pushing the envelope enough and if they get enough of movie enough movies that kind of get people talking and excited like that i mean is there a future where like Disney all of a sudden like, Oh, we're going to release, you know, some of our Marvel movies on Disney plus rather than in theaters is HBO going to be like, Hey, we're going to do the, you know, the reboot of the Harry Potter series, which they will do at some point. Like, is that going to be on HBO max and not theaters? Like, I mean, it's but just, then that, then that begs the, but then that begs the question, then should move our movie. I mean, we know that movie theaters are hurting because of this pandemic. Yeah. So then does it beg the question that, I mean, I think I posed this to you last time on the podcast or in a, a recent one that we did. Do you then just put everything on the streaming platforms and you have to, if, I mean, you're already paying the monthly fee and either do you have to pay an additional few extra bucks to watch it for the first 30 days or because you're paying, you know, X amount of money for Netflix, X amount of money for Disney Plus and so on that it's covered in your bill or in addition to your monthly payments, hey, you know what? We're gonna ta- you know add on an additional ten or fifteen bucks. Yeah, you know if you want to watch him... the new Milan or the new. Yeah, I don't see them doing an extra fee. Like I think if they did that, like they'd probably go with the the model that I guess that um, I know is the Invisible Man and I think like Bloodshot, which Bloodshot had I think both those movies had just barely creeped into theaters before everything got shut down, but they were like video on demand for like twenty buck rental, um, which means you didn't get to buy it. $20 which if you waited a couple months you get you can now buy it for I think like $15 um, I think they would probably do that if they wanted to like kind of recoup some of the cost they're like oh we're going to try to get some of the sure. money back by you know putting it out for, for sale but I think like really I mean if Netflix has shown like they get it in the long run by you know just basically having enough quality content that people want to view it and if they push out enough content that just kind of keeps you hooked and keeps you coming back you'll keep paying that you know 13 bucks a month to stay as a netflix subscriber and sometimes it's just easier to just be like oh you know why cancel and start it up every month just to watch you know a movie or a series or something like that because if they have enough that you feel like you're going to watch it um why not i mean that's why i signed up for disney plus like i think i did like their three-year deal Whenever they first, uh, when they were early on, they were like, oh, you can sign up for three years at a huge discount. And I'm like, well, I looked at what they were going to have coming. Like, they're going to have all these Marvel shows and all these Star Wars shows and all the catalog. I'm like, I'm, I'm going to keep it because, like, I'll watch all this stuff. So, you know, it's kind of the same thing. I think they just want, though, they want people in their network rather than, like, they're not, like, at least for Netflix. Like, I don't think they're too concerned with, like, because they don't rent any other stuff, as far as I know. Like, I don't ever see anything on yeah. iTunes or anything like that. You can't go out and rent Stranger Things. Like, I know you can buy it if you go to a store, but I think they just want those. Once you're in their, in their, in their app and watching and binge-watching it as much as possible. 
that that's the whole idea of the streaming service, right? It's just yeah. to basically just have you, you hooked. pay pay a certain pay pay a monthly fee, come in, get hooked to all the shows and movies that you want us to that you were gonna give you, and bam, you're just gonna sit around and that's what you're gonna do. Yeah. And speaking of sitting around, like since things are like we already been talking about like streaming, like we haven't talked about like our only talk about movies is not like oh what did you go to the theater and see or what are you looking forward to seeing? It's always been like basically what are you streaming now? Um, but you know, obviously life has changed quite a bit since the pandemic started and we kind of like have talked, you know, a little bit now and then like offline about, you know, things that have changed for us. So I'm just kind of curious, like what has changed for you mostly? Like what, what are the things that you've noticed that your life has changed so much since this pandemic started? Okay. So I would start by saying, even though restaurants are open in our neck of the woods, both outside and in person, I'm not going to any restaurants. I haven't been to a restaurant. Actually, believe it or not, so crazy to think about this. The last restaurant that I, I was in was March 14th, I think. And it was hmm. still you had to do the quote unquote distancing because no one knew the severity of the yeah. quote unquote stay at home order eventually and what was going to happen. So it was a little bit eerie to walk into that restaurant. It was a sports bar uh, in the city I live in. And then. So that was the last time. So I haven't been there, done the whole takeout, which is totally fine with me, and I'm going to continue to do that going forward. Let's see. Um, less traveling. I lost a couple of trips. So yeah. we talked about our personal travels the other day. Then go not going to a gym. So yeah. the workouts have shifted from an actual gym with weights and all that to ordering and buying weights and kettlebells <laughs> and doing it in your apartment. Last I just want to know. Do you, uh, I'm going to interrupt you. You got yes. a guy that gets you the weights because I feel like that's the new drug now. Because every time we go to Target or Dicks or any place like that, like I can't, I can't yeah, you, find I weights. Like if you got a black market weight guy, like I, you know, I might throw a few shekels his way if I could get a pair of twenty five and thirty. I, I guess the uh, that that person would be Amazon. Just yeah. uh, just to give a plug. So I, I would say that's that. I was about to say, which is totally funny, as you were alluding to, was the oh hey, do you have a guy? Well, I do know someone that's doing virtual workouts, and so it's a gym that I do belong. It's a boutique gym I do belong to. No membership, you just pay for the classes. So I did that last night, and I got to tell you something. I mean, I've I did a story for Noontime Sports on this particular boutique gym just to help them out, and I really enjoyed it last night. It was different because again you're adjusting your laptop the you know when you're doing stuff on the floor or on your back on a mat or you know sometimes if you know you have to step back so you can see your entire so the trainer can see your entire body and i gotta tell you for about probably 10 12 15 people that were in this circuit training together i i really commend the uh, the trainer that was able to coach virtually so that was that was definitely interesting but i'm planning definitely to uh sign up for more of those going forward because you know similar to you you know, I like staying fit, I like staying active, you know, my runs have been a little different. The weather, of course, when it's hot and humid, it's just not fun to run in that, but probably more walks, hence uh, a little puppy, of course, in your life. Yeah. <laughs> and then, yeah, I mean, doing more cooking it and baking at home and probably more reading than I uh, have ever done, you know, in a uh, certain period of time. I mean, I love reading, but I think, you know, this particular period of time has allowed me to pick catch up on books. I was saying to a friend and a colleague, I'm actually reading Friday Night Lights for the first time in 31 years. I yeah. don't know why it took me that long to finally read it. So, and I got other books that I'm looking forward to rereading. Mm -hmm. And I, 
actually have in the back of my mind, and it's something I think about putting down on a piece of paper. I actually am thinking about rereading because I have them sitting sitting in my left here every single Harry Potter book. <laughs> Try to see if I can do that. Yeah. Before the end of the year. Yeah. I want to go back real quick to you said the virtual training session. Like, I've heard about those a few times. I've never done one. Like, my the workouts that I do, like, I have, like, four sets of weights. Hence, like, if I could find, you know, and for better, for the better part of it, like, I've actually outgrown a little bit of the, uh, well, I've outgrown some of my, my, my pants, which is part of the problem of working out more. But I've outgrown, like, the, uh, the I have only have 20s. So, like, but like I said, trying to find weights has been, like, Literally every day we go to Target or someplace like that where, like, they have weights now. Like, I had to buy 15s from, like, three – like, I had to go to, like, three different stores, and I found one at each. Go figure. Um, but so, like, I've heard of these virtual training. Like, I do mine on YouTube, so it's just kind of, like, a pre-recorded thing. Like, I found a channel that does this stuff, and they take you through the programs, and there's a timer and whatnot. Not dissimilar to, like, a P90X program where you'd pop in a DVD. But, like, how do the virtual things work? Like – you said there's like 12 to 15 people in there and you have to adjust your laptop. Like, how does that kind of work? I'm curious. Yeah. So, you know, just like, I, you know, we're doing this through Skype, but okay. you know, I, I've, I know I've heard of trainers that have done where, you know, virtual workouts, you know, individuals on your phone or through Skype, YouTube, uh, zoom. So it's through zoom. Mm -hmm. And basically they set up the set of the time. You kind of go through it as if you were going to do an in-person class and then obviously you just do it in your apartment so or your house or condo or wherever you live. And obviously living in an apartment, you can't do things like jumping up and down <laughs> or you can't really do like running in place because your downstairs neighbors might think that you're nuts. Yeah. But I, you know, to me, so I'll preface it by saying, you know, one of the things that I've enjoyed doing during this particular period is also shifting some of the content for noontime. And so having the trainer who's the general manager who's a friend of mine to be able to do a story about how they've been able to not just quote unquote stay afloat, mm -hmm. but also have been able to you know maintain and stay connected with their clients and their base. And so, you know, it's a little bit interesting where you're so used to doing things in person and you're concerned, can the trainer see your form and whatnot? Yeah. But this trainer who's just, I've worked out with many times in his circuit training classes or his kettlebell classes just did a fantastic job. And so, yeah, you know, there's, you know, it's still, you know, it's, it's, it's virtual. Obviously you're in your apartment. Everyone right. else is, you know, out in their place. You pin the, the main, you pin the trainer so that that's the person you see on your screen. Yeah. You can keep your box up on zoom as we know. And then after that, you know, you're there. He kind of takes you through the stuff. He's still reviewing it. And, yeah, I mean, again, like we have a mat, we have weights, you know, obviously we've got kettlebells. So it's in a way you're doing you're you're, you're using your own personal equipment. Yeah. And but there is a little taught. back and forth with you and the trainer like he kind of coaches you as, as best you could over virtual. But, yeah, exactly. So, hmm. yeah, it goes over form. So, like, you know, when you're doing bear crawls or certain uh, hamstring uh, exercises or certain even balancing things, you know, or uh, certain squats in a certain way. It's been great to be. It was just it was great. And, you know, a little bit interesting because, again, it's you know, you're you're still in your home. So you can be distracted by you know, <laughs> the dog phones out or rings or if you have exactly a dog or, you know, if your email pings, if you forgot to turn your email off, you're thinking, oh, man. But I I liked it. And, you know, this is probably a podcast for another time. But I think that the whole gym and fitness industry has really been forced to evolve and kind of turn a page because you mentioned, you know, the you know P90X, or you talk about um, 
you know, different. There's just there's uh, yeah, you know, there's there's different things that are out there. Um, where, well, I noticed my you know, wife this is where it's. I was gonna say like you kind of mentioned that like I think the one of the big like because you mentioned with your guy like it was uh, a specific time so you still have to show up like it's not like you know P90X you buy the DVDs like oh yeah like you you lay in bed or you sit on the couch and be like oh I should really do that I'll do it later I'll do it later but like when the time so my wife she subscribes to the Peloton app like we bought an exercise bike not a Peloton but she subscribes to the app and the other day she was like telling me she wanted to do a class at six o'clock because that's when the, the live class was so that sure. you know it was it's that time like oh, i still have to show up and do it yep. like at a at a certain time like yeah you can do those later on but there is a little bit of a difference with their being live and whatnot so like i mean it's kind of funny how like i think you're right like the fitness industry like this is probably not something they would have tried if all things had just been, you know, go as normal, like who would ever thought about doing, you know, group training classes via zoom with everybody in their home. Like you can reach another audience that way too. Like, you know, Oh, think about it. Think about the trainers that have been able to tap in. I mean, I know some trainers that, that, you know, back in March and still continue to do it. They, they tapped into Instagram. They did Instagram lives. They would do, they'd post, you know, workouts, you know, Hey, here's your exercises for the day. We did it for a little bit. We partnered obviously up with Zellos athletics um, you know, doing workout Wednesdays for a couple of months as well. And so I, I think the whole fitness industry and the way things have changed and you're right. I mean, I, you still, when you sign up for a time, it's still virtually, you've got to be there yeah. physically, but it's not like, you know, you're rushing out the door, you're putting on jackets and coats or things like that. <laughs> yeah. No, you're doing it in your, you're doing this in your house. And, you know, the thing that's so I, I've heard about and I've talked to people, uh, within this, this industry is that I'm already hearing the thoughts of that. Yeah, I understand. Like here in Massachusetts, gyms are open, obviously, at 40%, a really smaller capacity. Yeah. And there's a certain amount of people that can be in X amount of square feet. But that also includes staff, you know, people yeah. that are like, say, the janitorial staff as well for disinfecting. And so I do, I, I have heard about Jim saying, even when it's safe or there's a vaccine or when it's good to go back to doing the normal things that we were doing a couple of months ago in this quote unquote new normal we're heading to or trending towards, they do anticipate more of these virtual classes because the people that, so like, let's use an example. One of the stories I was reading about yesterday and through the Boston Globe, which is not surprising. And I was listening to a podcast a couple of weeks ago through the Wall Street Journal about this. There are people like you and I, you know, uh, young adults. Uh, I'm still going to count you as a young adult, Mike. Even I'll take though it. You're, I'll take uh, it. <laughs> that's fine. Uh, so, you know, I'll probably I'm, look, you know, I mean, I'm 31. So I, you know, there's people around our age bracket, your age bracket, you know, a little bit younger that are because of their jobs or because of, you know, changes, they got out of the city and they're living yeah. in the, you know, rural communities are living in yeah. suburbs and people and then there's the vice versa like the empty nesters where you know people like our parents are saying well i don't have kids at home anymore i'm gonna go live in a, in a studio or go live in right. at an apartment in the city and so i do think that people that were say going to gyms like these that ended up because of their jobs or whatever in certain situations had to hightail it out of the city or an urban environment they're going to want to continue to stay connected to that gym because just like we were talking about mm-hmm. with Netflix, which is when you, you know, bring, you know, kind of go through this, the whole, you know, the cycle of, you know, uh, delight and attract and engage. I'm, yeah. I know I'm saying it out, out of order. <laughs> the whole the stupid spin or whatever, you know, whatever the super <laughs> circle cycle with where you know, it's about. Yeah. But when you do that, you want to stay involved. 
so you know at some point i'm sure you know where i'm living in an apartment obviously in an urban environment i'm sure at some point when i move out you know i would like to be able to still stay involved with something that was near and dear to my heart when i was living in an urban environment yeah. and if i'm 50 miles away or 100 miles away if gyms are going to be able to offer that for you at even virtually and you could go down to your basement or go into a living room space that you've carved out for a home gym i think that's fantastic and i think the the personal trainers now it's gonna you know they talk about right now i'm not trying to be political here but we're talking about this whole you know gop you know and the democrats fighting over the whole you know uh extended stimulus package mm -hmm. but I got to tell you something. There is people that they say, oh, well, the $600 is making people stay at home. No, there's people that are, you know, that lost because, you know, they're independent, you know, they're independent contractors yeah. here in Massachusetts. Um, and I think there are some other states that have obviously allowed independent contractors, gig workers to be able to tap well, into the unemployment because they haven't been able to do that. Yeah. And so, you know, barbers and trainers are technically at the end of the day, they're independent contractors, they're gig workers. Yeah. So now they can be able to say, hey, this is my business model. I don't want to go back to work for your gym because over the past couple of months, I've been offering these classes of my own. I've set up yeah. my own payment system. I've set up ways to, you know, do things and stay in touch with my 10 or 15 or 20 clients. And I've built a following that way. And I think that's going to be, so they're saying it's hard to get workers to go back to where I work at a restaurant when the restaurant's not even like 30% full. Yeah. I think gyms are going to have a real tough time bringing back their trainers. Yeah. I mean, I, I think even when, um, I mean, it, to me, it's kind of almost a no-brainer. Like, if you have a, spot, a space where you're offering classes, like, you should be looking into, like, well, let's set up a video camera so and a streaming service so we can set all this stuff up. And so, like, even if you want to have a class that's, like, half full and be like, hey, it's your choice. This class is going to be offered at, you know, 3 o'clock every Thursday. We're going to have people there, but we're also going to have people virtually. And then the trainer can, yep. you know, have the monitor set up so you can he can see all the people that aren't there because I'm like, one, like – you can get more people into a class that way if they want right. to do it. But it's also, you know, for whatever you're comfortable with. Cause I mean, like virtually I heard Fauci the other day, I guess it was uh, either last night or today said that, you know, coronavirus isn't just going to go away. Like we're going to kind of kind of be here. Um, I haven't read the article yet, but I'm like, cause more or less I was just like, Oh, wonderful. Like I don't need this news on a Thursday <laughs> right now. Like, you know, I've got other I, stuff I heard on that my too mind. Many times this morning on the radio waking up. I think I heard about 15 times. It was like groundhog's day. It was like, thank you to the broadcaster that kept saying, and coming up next, you know, Dr. Fauci says the following. Yeah. And then, like so, 30 minutes later, Dr. Fauci says COVID-19 will not disappear. So yeah. it's like, okay, the end, of, the end of the world is here. Yeah. So, I mean, but, you know, there will be people that will be more comfortable. I mean, my wife and I and my sister-in-law, like, we all quit quit our gym, even though it was open. Um, and that had a lot to do with the fact that, like, they weren't necessarily the – I mean, it, I don't think I'd qualify it as dirty, but we wasn't, like – the cleanliest place and the staff wasn't the most attentive like under the best conditions and you know too many times i've seen some dude step off a treadmill after you know a 30 minute run where you know you can just see the sweat running down the monitor and just walking away and going on to do a machine or like sweating all over a machine and not bothering to clean it and i'm just like you know that's a tough job for an employee to follow up on every single person as they do it because usually it's just cleaned at like you know intervals almost like more frequently than a bathroom, but like they're not clean. So we have, you know, invested in weights. Like I said, my wife bought an exercise bike. Like we're probably going to buy a treadmill. Like we've been talking about looking at treadmills for um, the winter and when it gets a little bit colder and we don't want to run outside. So like we've definitely been looking at all alternatives. Like 
we had a 15 minute conversation literally last night that she was at target and she saw they had like two 30 pound dumbbells and i was like why didn't you buy them she's like you said you wanted 25s i was like i'll take what i can get at this point <laughs> she was like we could go get them now i'm like they're probably gone <laughs> like because i can't yeah, find them on amazon it. amazon it was like oh you know be delivered in august like like all right you know september october yeah like it's uh that prime subscription doesn't work for weight so it's just one of those things that, like th- these are things that you know i did not know, like if i had known like but i i for me personally like i've the pandemic like i probably work out more and longer now because like before like trying to cram it in on my lunch break like like, all right, you know, I had to go over to the gym, which took, you know, about 10 minutes to get there. And then, you know, I could probably only get like a 30-minute run in because then I got a shower because you know, your coworkers don't want you to come back drenched in sweat. So you got to shower and do that whole thing. And then the 10-minute drive back. So, I mean, you're talking 30 minutes of my lunch break was just, you know, commuting and showering. Um, so I couldn't really get anything but cram like a 30-minute workout in, you know, whatever that was. Like now, like – I'm able to kind of do a little bit more. Like I can do a 40 minute run and my lunch break and I can keep an eye on my email and the work that I stuff need to do because I work out like two feet away from my office desk. So like I can do my workout (laughs) on the TV while I'm doing work. And like, I might have to pause and kind of do stuff um, in the middle of it, but beauty of it, like I can pause the TV and I can do the workout. Like when I, when I finish answering the email. So like for me, it's been, it's been nice in that respect. And I'm kind of like, you know, almost dreading the day when I'm like, I don't want to go back to the normal office job because like I have such a long commute and I'm like, and it cuts into that time, that availability and mentally what I'm that's, willing to do. But that's where we're heading. I, I, I do envision that. I mean, I've been a remote worker since 2017. You knew that you've known that, yeah. you know, obviously minus a couple of, you know, the, from the athletic side where you got to physically be there, like, especially as a, right. as a ref, but I'll tell you what, you know, because because people ask me when everything started, you know, going going sideways back in March, oh, how much did that affect you? It didn't really affect me because I was always working from home. So I yeah. I kind of, you know, similar with you, I still had a structure where, you know, OK, I, this is what I do in the morning. This is my time where I'm doing emails. I'm reading the newspaper, obviously online, not physically, sometimes right. physically because I'm still an old man like that. <laughs> but this is when I'm going to work out. So this is what I'm driving over or I'm walking over to the training room, the gym I've been highlighting that I did the virtual class through. And that's when I'm doing that one hour workout with them. And then, you know, Hey, either the rest of the day is here's this, these calls I have or these emails I've got to do or this project or assignment that I've got to finish. And Oh, by the way, it's seven o'clock up. Oh, got to be at a, be at a basketball game. So, you know, from my end, I think that that's, that's trending. That's, I just think there's going to be more, more of this remote work going forward. And I had a conversation with someone who's very, you know, kind of very in tune with the tech world and where things are headed. Mm-hmm. And I think you're going to see advancements of not just through Zoom, but also maybe Skype and opposite uh, the game a little bit more and other video platforms. I, I do I do think there will be, you know, companies and businesses where you do have to you know be in person. You can't be a waiter or, or a cook and do it virtually. <laughs> right. You know, virtually. You got you to physically, yeah. physically be there. So, but I, I, I think that we're trending in that direction. And I think the whole education system shifting. I think the, uh, the workout and fitness world is shifting. I mean, everything is shifting. And yeah. sometimes I, as we wrap things up here, I, I'm a firm believer that somewhat pressing the fast forward button, obviously not intentionally, I think has been good. I think it's made us in a way have to really roll up the sleeves, really kind of generate the ideas, brainstorm new ways to advance or tweak your business model and find new ways to collaborate. And I think that that's what's been fun about this entire period. Not saying that it wasn't fun before, but 
I, I'm with you. I mean, we canceled our gym membership. Similar situation that you described. Not saying that they couldn't do it, but I think there's some concerns. And I don't know what, you know, what... I feel like, I mean, eventually down the road, I will go back to a gym. Probably won't be where the gym I was going to because I presume I'll be living somewhere differently. But I I think that the home virtual workouts are going to be big. I think that uh, business is just blowing up and going yeah. in the right direction. And I think just tech and you know innovation is just is what's making it this exciting. And we talked about this too last week. The podcast world is also on fire as well. So I just want to say that. But that's those are my kind of closing remarks here. As we wrap up uh, another edition of M Squared here, Mike. Yeah, I mean, I think the 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 fact that if people are just trying to figure out different ways to do things. I mean, it's it now's a good time to figure out what works and and what doesn't. Um, yeah. But you know, for for people that want to find you online, where can they find you online, Matt? Sure, they can go to uh, noontimesports.com. They can find me at Noontime Sports on Twitter and Facebook and YouTube. Instagram is Noontime Nation because we like to have a little fun on, on Instagram. I also want to plug that I have actually re- – we're rebranding. It's restarting the podcast, so it is uh, Noontime Sports. Uh, we still obvi- I'm still obviously going to be doing this one. I'm not trying to steal too much a page out of this book, <laughs> but uh, there will be some – Maybe a little more sports talk, but I've got a couple of cool ideas that I can tell you about off the air. But so make sure to check it out on that right now. It's been put back on Spotify and I'm sure we'll, uh, you know, have uh, there'll be some shout outs to M Square. But where are they finding you, Mike, these days? All right. You can pretty much mostly find me online on Twitter. I'm pretty active on Twitter and I'm uh, always have the app open on my computer. And that's at Mick Loveday. And uh, you can also find me. I have my own website, MikeLoveday.com. So. That's the the best two places to find me on a regular basis. There we go.